0: guys, welcome to Reality Vites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm your host, Courtney Kosak.
1: And I'm Steve Hernandez, just along for the ride.
0: <laughs> Is that true, really?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, now, you just uh, got back from a wonderful weekend, just a weekend in Minnesota?
0: Yeah, it was like a four-day weekend.
1: Four-day weekend, that's good. And uh, you, uh, you took your man...
0: I took my man home to see my... Home. I mean, this is L.A.'s home, but back home to uh, see my family, meet my grandparents. Um, And my mom has been pressuring me because, obviously, people don't live forever. But what's kind of ironic is that – so she's like, you know, your grandma really wants to see you. Your grandma really wants to see you. And then we get back, and Wade and I are getting ready to go visit my grandma – and she, she trips in her bathroom and falls. Has to go to the emergency room. Has to take an ambulance to another t- hospital in another town. It was just like totally crazy and sucked. Uh, but did you get
1: to Did you get to see her at all?
0: I did. I got I rubbed her feet for a while, yeah. and she was. I mean, sadly, even that amount of time was like. I'm happy to have had it, and I think she felt the same way. And she was so thrilled to meet Wade. Yeah, it's he was a big hit with everyone. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's a he's a charming guy. He's been a, usually quiet, but the more I'm around him, the more he talks and everything. But is he a quiet person? No, no, right? yeah. no.
0: He's super, but I I actually love his social disposition. Is he's not like he doesn't need attention on him all the time, but he's like very sociable and. He'll ask a lot of questions about people and he's just like curious and low key.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. So, Are you guys allowed to sleep in the same room?
0: Yes. Though when I was younger and I would come home, my parents would definitely try to like finagle that that wouldn't happen. Yeah. But now it's like we live live together in LA. We're not going to (laughs) go to your place. If you want me to come home again, that's not happening.
1: Would your folks (laughs) describe themselves as Christians? Oh, for sure. Yeah, like born again, evangelical?
0: No, they're um, my mom grew up meth- Mennonite. Oh, really? But not like a super hardcore sect, but my grandma, when she was growing up, they were like more traditionally Mennonite. And then uh, my dad's family was Catholic, and she converted to Catholicism uh, at, when I was growing up. But they, like, you know, we definitely went to church every Sunday. Catholic church? Yeah.
1: You're Catholic?
0: Well, I'm not anymore, but yeah, I grew up If Catholic. I would have
1: known that, I wouldn't have agreed to be on this podcast. <laughs> uh...
0: What? What do you have against <laughs> Catholic people? Just,
1: uh, just the child, Hypocrisy? systematic child rape. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. I hate that child rape.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite thing either. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, what's interesting about my parents is there aren't a lot of Christians that, I think, like actually live the Christian ideals that you know, or where it's it's like it's more of like a showy thing or I don't know. I, I mean, I don't I'm not inside their heart, but like it's weird. sometimes it'll it'll seem really hypocritical of them like what they, the beliefs that they espouse and then how they live their lives. And that's not my parents at all. They're like they would give the shirt off their back and like are just, actually really politically liberal and accepting of other people and it's good
1: i met them they're very nice people now is this your childhood home Uh uh-huh did you only live in one home
0: no we moved into that house and i was like uh i don't know about halfway through my childhood Oh, okay and they're actually about to sell it and they're moving into my grandma's house
1: just to be with her
0: no she's passed Oh, the other grandma. The other grandma. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what if it what, yeah, what if it was the same grandma and she died and she just didn't bring it up? <laughs> yeah, she hurt her hip. Uh, I rubbed her feet and then she passed anyway, in her I'm sleep. Fine. I'm totally
0: fine. Yeah. <laughs> she
1: passed in her sleep after the foot rub.
0: <laughs> I think here's the deal with my my grandma that's still alive is I'm going to she's going to be doing like this 2 months of physical rehab, so I'm going to go – home in like a month or two and spend where it's just a couple days that are just specifically to hang out with her. It's crazy how, like how little time towards the end. It's like, I might get best case scenario. I might get like 20 more of those hangs.
1: And you were close with her. You're Oh, with yeah.
0: Her? Oh my God. My grand, I grew up in the same town as both, uh, my grandma on my dad's side and my Um, grandparents on my mom's side and so they would you know we would eat dinner with them like definitely on a weekly basis and they were there for us like almost like surrogate parents Um, and this is not about sex and love it's about love Um, but I loved hanging out with my grandma so much that when I told Wade this and he was like oh my god you're so ridiculous. But when I would say goodbye to her, like after we would like have a like lunch date hang and like go shopping or whatever, that I would stand at the door until I couldn't see her anymore. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> That's so sweet.
0: <laughs> so okay, it was a good trip. Wade totally passed with flying colors, but I was bummed to miss the dick pic show.
1: Yeah. Uh the dick pic show was amazing. It was at the think tank gallery. On Friday night and Saturday, uh, Saturday had the symposiums. Uh, I didn't go on Friday night um, because I had to work. But uh, Whitney Bell, who threw it Kid Bell, at Kid Bell, um, said it was like a party. On a Friday night, mm-hmm. you couldn't move around in the place. Um, Dope. But I- I'm glad I went on Saturday because uh, it was awesome. I can't tell you how impressed I am with uh, the show and uh, how impressed I am with Whitney. I mean, it was an amazing event. The artwork all that stuff. It was a lot bigger in scope. It was a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Uh. Um, and then I'm so glad that I saw the symposiums, too. I saw two um, online harassment and um, women uh, feminism and pornography, which were both so wildly intellectually stimulating. She had a brilliant panel for both of them. Um, on the online harassment thing, they were just talking about harassment and... We talked about a little bit when Whitney was here um, with Maggie but it was just so sad the things they were talking about you just don't realize as a guy like Whitney at one point asked the crowd of like 100 people, 120 people, how many of you have been like followed home and like most of them have been followed home. Oh
0: my god. I, I mean
1: that is so fucking scary. Um, I it, that I <laughs> I was telling Whitney this after the show, too. I was just, dude, I'm a big Mexican guy. I could tell you a little bit about racism, maybe. But I just, maybe once or twice in my life, and I mean, not as a child, but as a grown adult, maybe once or twice where I felt like I'm in danger. Mm -hmm. And uh, a woman named Genevieve, I'm so sorry I didn't have her last name. um, I believe she was British, too. She sat next to Alexandra Tweed, and she said at one point, you know, I just think it would be so cool to just be able to walk down the street and daydream and not have to like worry about anything. And when she said that, you know, you you go, I go to films and I like participate in art and stuff because you want a glimpse into a person's life. That's Uh not like you. But when she said that it broke my heart in like a very real way where I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe that women, a lot of times when they're walking down the street, you know it, but the way she said it in the line was like, that you're so aware that you can be hurt at any point, that you're not allowed to just like free your mind in a way to have something to me to be able to daydream feels like a God-given right. Totally. It should be. But that a lot of women don't get that most of the time.
0: I've I've never worn both of my headphones in my ears at the same time (laughs) in broad daylight, even because I don't know if somebody is going to come up behind me or like,
1: yeah, even, I mean, even that, that is such a crazy thing as a a big man to, to, to hear and to like, not know that you just can just let go and not, not be afraid for your life or that you're going to get raped and that kind of stuff. I, I mean, my big takeaway from walking away from there too is just like, Um, you know, I just wish more men could hear this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not anyone's job to explain anything to them. You know, it's no woman's job, but if, I mean, I told Whitney that too. I mean, if she throws this thing again, I will do my best to get 50 people or a hundred people to this thing because I learned so much. Uh, the second thing, and this kind of spills over to some of the Harvey Weinstein stuff that that we were talking about, we'd end up talking about later on in this episode, Mm -hmm. but, uh, What's her name? Sovereign Sire was really great in The Feminist and Pornography. Oh, we
0: should have her on. We
1: have to have her on. She's brilliant Yeah. and so funny. But uh, she, you know, when we're talking about uh, a lot of these kind of things, she said, oh, it's men's job, but men aren't coming out because when men hear about this stuff, they think of all the things that they've done wrong.
0: Uh huh.
1: And so that's what's holding back a lot of this stuff. So men, and we said this before, too, is that when a man hears about accusations or anything like that, they can list the five or six things or shady times and things that they've done, and they don't want to admit that, and they're afraid that they'll be exposed either. So it's hard for men. Or, you know, men just aren't going to do that because they're watching their own asses too. And to me, I, I uh, you know, when I heard that, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I have I have things in my, in my life. I can think of things that, you know, I'm not, you know, up until now when you said rape, people were just thinking 1980s style rape. Right. You know, like, oh, in an alley and just grabbing like that, too. But uh, even the fact that we have a term called date rape, it's still rape. They just came it up with the term date rape just to make it soft. Oh, totally. Um, but it, there's all these things like that, but I, you know, I I've done shady things, too, where it's like in retrospect I'm like, oh, you know, Because I I wasn't aware that women are afraid and maybe maybe a woman like said yes to having sex with me because she was worried or afraid. I don't know. But I can think of times where maybe that happened. And this is nothing I'm proud of or anything like that. I just didn't know to think that way. Yeah. But uh, I, you know.
0: And it's not like, I think that's an important conversation. I I love that you pointed that out. That's like such an interesting part of the, the conversation. I, because like I've had a couple instances where like, yeah, it was, it was, it was date rape. I mean, it's, I think it's hard for women to say that too, because it's like, and you look at all the things that, you you know, maybe if I didn't drink so much this night or, you know, maybe if, uh, I, I said no more firmly or, you know, whatever, like you look for your own hand in it. Uh, but acknowledging that, like sometimes it's complicated, and it's not straight to the police alleyway rape,
1: or it's not like you know, it's not sometimes a woman doesn't ever even say no, but they just don't know how to they can't get s- talk out of in it. the moment.
0: They can't get out of it
1: and uh, and in the past, where you know, maybe i I wasn't as aware of to to like read body language and take uh-huh. in the whole situation uh-huh. in a way. But, you know, I, I think all, you know, not all men, uh, but I think guys have a lot of stuff like that in their thing, and they're afraid of being exposed or anything like that. But we that's, that's no excuse for us to wait on the sidelines and to, to be okay with this. And it's just like, hey, man, if, you know, this stuff comes out or whatever, we have to start fighting for these things and talking about rape and consent. We have to stop... Um, Guys thinking that they have to talk women into sex. These are huge Mm -hmm. shifts for how we perceive sex and these kind of things. There's still a lot of guys that feel like they have to like alpha over women and be this way. That kind of way. I mean, that's how I am naturally or how I've not naturally, but how I've been programmed in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So now it's like maybe sex isn't it's not a big enough deal where. You're just supposed to be nice to someone for a while, and then they say, hey, I'd like to have sex with you now. That's different than what we think of as dating
2: and mm-hmm. courting
1: and having sex with people for fun or anything like that. It's like, oh yeah, maybe we're just supposed to be nice to each other for a while, and then a woman gives you... Uh, Vocal permission, and then you have sex, and then everything's fun the and free. The thing is,
0: women wa- also want to have sex. Yes, let's absolutely. not forget
1: that women definitely want to do this. That's what I'm saying is that the way we've thought and we're programmed is that you have to talk them into it. It's good if they get drunk because then you could more easily coerce them. Right. These things are still that. What I just said is just a natural thing that people think. I work at a bar. I'm a bartender. I watch guys like trying to ply a woman with alcohol, and. uh uh, yeah, it's wrong. And um, thank God for things like um, the this uh, dick pic show. And like I said, if you guys, it was so much more important and so fun and so awesome. And it also made me so sad in a way to seeing that, you know, there was like 100 people listening to these brilliant women talking about these things. And I was just thinking, oh, this is half the population of the world. Mm-hmm. And there's just this small, mighty group of women who are trying to change what these things, and you know, they brought up a good point. If a man flashed their dick on the street, that's a crime. That's mm-hmm. a huge crime mm-hmm. where people would say, "Throw them away, mm-hmm. throw away the key." This is awful. But sending a dick pic to someone unsolicited is the same thing as flashing your dick on the street, and people act like that's not the case, but that's the case. It has nothing to do with trying to seduce a woman. It has everything to do with I have the power, power. to humiliate you or to make you feel feelings that you that you don't wanna to feel. To just
0: impose myself on you in whatever way I can.
1: Yeah. So this is a very important show. It was amazing. I'm so impressed with uh, Whitney Bell. Uh, it was a, a well produced. Everything started on fucking time, which is why yes. <laughs> as someone who produces things, I couldn't believe it. Everyone was having a great time and it was all inclusive. I'm so glad I went to the event. If you guys, if it comes next time, we'll advertise it big time and I'll do my best to get everyone there because it was so great, so.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for the recap. Of course. And we have an awesome guest today. A guest, you attended her wedding?
1: I attended her wedding. I mean, Julie is closer. I, I was surprised that I was able to come. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was like, oh, that was really nice. Uh, but I went. It was a beautiful wedding. But Atsuko is uh, so great and, um, you know, so thoughtful. Uh, this is the longest I've ever had a conversation with her. We're both comedians, so you just... Blather a few paragraphs if you're lucky to to each other, but uh, I'm really anxious to see. I think she has a lot for this world, and I think she's a great artist that uh, everyone. If you see her on stage, you'll fall in love with her, and if you meet her in life, you'll fall in love with her as well. You probably
0: fall in love with her during this podcast. Yeah,
1: don't fall in love with her though. She's married. It's, it's just gonna hurt. Okay, it's just gonna hurt.
0: She's so funny. Yeah. She's got like this driest sense of humor and sometimes you're like,
2: <laughs> so good.
0: Yeah. So here you go, guys. Hey guys, we are here with the hilarious Atsuko. Ah, I can't do it. Say the name.
2: Atsuko Okatsuka.
0: Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's my worst name yet.
1: Yeah, she didn't even attempt it.
0: <laughs> I had it, and then we, we waited a bit to start the interview, and then I totally lost
1: it. It's surprisingly it. pretty easy, and it's uh, I, it's a fun name to say. Yeah, oh, thank it's you. a cool name. <laughs> thank it's a very pretty name. You don't want to give up your last name, huh?
2: No, no. I, I thought about it, but like a like a stage name or maybe after marriage, but yeah. no.
1: No, I wouldn't give it up. It's too cool of a name.
2: Yeah. i I'm, I think I'm the last of the bloodline too. In my oh really? Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So would you be tempted? I I don't know if you're if you want to have children or not. Would you be tempted to give them your last name?
2: Uh yes. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be yeah, yeah, dope. Yeah. yeah.
0: Have you guys talked about it?
2: Kids? <laughs> of course they've talked about it. <laughs> not
0: kids, the last name.
2: Oh. We've joked that when we got married, he would take my last name. Ah, oh, I As know like someone
0: a, who's done that. A yeah. man who uh one of Wade's friends is, uh, the wife was like this big famous artist in New York, and he's like a gallerist, mm. her now ex-husband, but he took her last name. Interesting.
2: Yeah. We, my, go on. No, no, no. I mean, it it, we decided not to because my husband's white, and so he was like, oh, that might look weird. Like, you would I,
1: feel like he was cultur- cult- culturally appropriating <laughs> your name. He
2: didn't feel, yeah, he, didn't, he was like, I don't think I can be Ryan Okotska. As this like six foot tall white dude. Yeah. You know?
1: My uh, my ex-wife is very white and she loved being a Hernandez. I told her not yeah. to change the name though either. She <laughs> insisted on it. She's very old fashioned. Because her, her last name was McKibben, which I think is a great Scottish name. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Hernandez is just some basic dumb shit. But she <laughs> insisted upon it and she was in health insurance so in sales and stuff. So people would always come in like, where's Stephanie Hernandez? And just this white ass. Did, she still, <laughs> yeah. did huh? she still use it? Oh, no. She couldn't wait to change her name back. No. Oh. Yeah, that was like a huge thing. Like, she was tweeting on it. She's very funny. I love her still and everything. But, uh, yeah, she would be tweeting like, I can't wait to get my old name back. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, that first year she was pretty rough on me. But not in a bad way. Just in a – that's what she had to do to kind of get through it. So, right, right, I wasn't, right, right. I wasn't mad at her at all or anything like that. Yeah. Okay,
0: uh, so let's do relationships status. So you, j- you just got married. How yeah. long had you in your – um, now husband been together.
2: We've been together three years. Oh wow! Because we met and then kind of started dating right away, and so it face- was very
1: fairy tale. I think if I recall. So set it up. Where did you guys meet? And then how- just do it. Just say it.
2: Yeah. Well, we met on a film shoot. Yeah. Where oh, I was producing cute. and he was acting, uh, and the movie never came out, but the the director did. So, like, he, <laughs> he actually came up, and then he married us, too, yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That was the guy? Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And you when you saw him right away, uh, how long had you been single at that point? Very
2: short. <laughs> like, uh, I went, like, uh, six months or something. That's not that short. Yeah.
1: I think that's a, a fine amount of time.
2: To just, like, be start, like, monogamously dating one person and then getting married to them
1: but you're you seem like a real fun like person like you're probably getting snatched up right away all the time right
2: so wait you were single for four months six six Six. yeah yeah very i mean it's pretty short out of a seven-year relationship so it's not like oh you were with somebody for seven years before i think i'm a serial yeah yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. monogamist were you were you over the seven-year guy yeah yeah
2: I thought so, and then, like <laughs> there were issues at first where i you know I would still have like uh what is it like complexes that I carried over uh-huh. you know uh that Ryan had to deal with cool, but um and then and then I was over. It. I was just angry, I was still angry, yeah what well,
1: what were you angry about if you don't mind me asking, but you don't have to answer as well
2: yeah i think I think I was angry about you know a lot of like you know you look back and you're like oh i shouldn't have been with him that long he was he was emotionally abusive mm-hmm. things like that and then <clears throat> and then being like oh he's dating a new person and she's even younger and you know oh so you
1: got scooped up real young
2: yeah at him? 19 yeah 19 oh, he was 12 years older yeah oh yeah, yeah that's fucked up yeah he was my teacher yeah <gasps> <laughs> yes and so you know you start repeating these things and you're like oh he was he was fucked up and uh, so yeah, I was still like angry about it, and sometimes it would come up. I think
1: that, uh, yeah, he one could accuse him of stealing like a big part of your life,
2: right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they call it robbing, yeah, robbing yeah. the cradle.
1: Uh, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm glad it's it's one of the things that even in our in the comedy community now, I'm glad that exists where people are starting to shame men about that kind of thing because mm-hmm. they should be shamed. I, it's just I don't think it's a. If I you know I'm already regu- it's,
0: it's like it, on one hand age is just a number, and on the other hand, when it's like kind of predatory or like I don't know.
1: Well, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily predatory. Although it sounds like your ex may have some kind of weird like a pattern. That, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't know, but you know I don't date anyone. I always have this rule. I don't date anyone under twenty seven. Because they haven't experienced enough life, they haven't had their heart broken and stuff like that. And for me to like kind of infringe my old man life on it, it's kind of taking something from them. They haven't had a chance to live. You have to. Why would I? Why would I make a twenty-four-year-old person value the things that I value as a thirty late man in his late thirties? It's like a fucked-up thing to do.
2: I will applaud to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I mean, got very emotional. But hearing, um, listening. <laughs>
0: I did. Yeah.
2: Oh really? But I didn't want to. Cl- I mean, we can't. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna clap. You're right so now.
0: dry. It's so funny. No, <laughs> no. But
2: but also, yeah. It is it
1: is uh, something that up until this point, it, people didn't say it was a big deal. They said it was fine. But I do pine for the days. I do long for the days when you could be like a fifty-year-old Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. in love with a nineteen-year-old Mia Farrow, mm-hmm. and people are like, "Man, he really loves her." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. And he's just always on the phone with her, like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And it's I like, know. Man, he's re- he re- he's really in love with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. They
2: never give credit to the other one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like he's working real hard to like put his heart into this young girl, you know?
0: Oh my God, who's like not fully cooked yet? So Ryan
2: is not like that, no. He's not, but he's also older. But, oh yeah. But you know, like you know, quicker. I think after you've had like a long relationship and break up, if someone's right, I think. Uh huh. Yeah. And to, he's not that
1: much older. He is. Is
2: he? Is he? He's eleven years older than me. Ryan yeah. is. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. Beautiful. I don't know what happened. I know he's like, young. I've seen on. No, I'm telling you, he's beautiful. I didn't even realize oh, that. Thank wow, you. that's he great. Would, oh, he'd be happy to hear that. He he's he's like in his head, like I just turned, you know, forty, you yeah. know, things like that. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah.
1: Um, let's. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested in. Um, you're a comedian now, but I, I I hate to even just peg you in on that. You, uh, Julia, my girlfriend, knows you from back in Valencia. So mm-hmm. you were doing something back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, what kind of an artist were you back then?
2: I I, I still am, but <clears throat> I was making films and uh, acting. Um, yeah, yeah, and I was doing stand up too, but not as much as now because I was focusing on film. Yeah, we met. How did we meet? We met through... She was going to the same school, that the community college that I was going to for film, where I met my ex-boyfriend. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he was... I don't know. I think he might have been her teacher at one point, too. I'm not sure. Jeez, but, I'm
1: glad that he went with you and not her. Huh? No. Yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> yeah.
2: He... I don't know. I don't know what he... He was like... I was just available, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay,
0: <yeah. laughs> so, I went to this all-girls... Uh, college and um, except for in the theater department there were like some like apprentice quote-unquote boys um, but they have this summer theater and every summer like the before your senior year all you know, everyone in the class goes and we put on, like, 13 productions and whatever. But there would be these guys that have been coming back, like, older actors or directors or whatever, and they've been coming back year after Mm -hmm. year. And it's like, they are totally getting older. Mm -hmm. The girls are staying the same age. Mm -hmm. They will find a new girl every (laughs) summer. It's like, you know exactly who's going to wind up with a new girl at that, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah totally and we paid for it we paid for that experience <laughs> yeah, it's all, yeah it's on mcconaughey yeah we started today when we were setting up we were, we were like in a very weinstein
2: vibe
1: oh yeah we uh yeah we've been talking about harvey weinstein yeah for sure
2: for sure morning. um uh, we can he, talk about him if you want I don't I, there's not that much to talk about <laughs> it's all it's, it's out That's it's yeah. just the thing. It's a
0: bummer yeah
2: yeah it's all out and it's like almost done <laughs> yeah it seems like he's done yeah yeah now, yeah, now yeah. there
1: were a few rape allegations today that came out which right yeah then he's really really done but nobody's um, um, producer Mike and I were talking before about it too but this is one of those ones where it's like oh yeah everybody knew there's been multiple settlements there's not yeah it's not this guy doesn't deserve his day in court it's like happened
2: yeah but
0: I hadn't heard a peep about it until like this week
2: oh really did you guys know it's just been in like it's it, every like cinema history book really of just yeah there's uh what is it called is it just called secrets of hollywood or something i don't know it's there's a there's a ton of books that talk about um harvey weinstein for the past 20 years and how he's been treating people so that's it's it's a weird thing that you know and women it's a weird thing that it's like now i don't know if it's weird it's probably because we are in a culture now where where people are finally being able to like listen to the victims you know um yeah but it's it's been happening for a while
1: Oh God! Yeah. yeah, I I hadn't heard of any of the um, the the sexual harassment stuff or, um, but he he's been known to be a monster to people, right? Just yeah. yelling at them and stuff. So I I couldn't imagine he's like flips the switch with women. He's like a tender guy, but he like yells at people. He beats people up. He shoves them.
0: But coming out, you know. Into the hotel room when a girl says thinks they're coming to a party and like you know your dicks out or whatever that's like not yelling at people yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. a totally different right. thing.
1: Well yeah he's well he's just a monster I
2: guess. Yeah. yeah. When you said that I was trying to figure out who you were describing. I got confused. I, with I read that. the
0: Asia Argento.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh. Today. Okay. Okay. Because uh, what's his name from? Screen Junkies did the same thing So I'm kind of was like, Is it him? <laughs> What oh. was that guy's name oh, What that? was his name from Screen Junkies Andy I can't remember his last name
1: oh, Yeah it's funny Some of these guys You look at them though And it's like Oh yeah this guy's a, This guy's a monster
2: <laughs> It's That's, weird how predictable Some people are
1: Yeah uh, And you know Mike and I were talking about it too It's just The city Everything So many industries Have been set up on these things
2: mm-hmm.
1: That Yeah of course we, we like have been like Oh yeah it's a given That these things happen But it's just uh, the chickens have come home to roost. It's just not okay anymore. And mm-hmm. so, if you've been a if you've been a bad person, then uh, it's it's going to start coming out, and that's good. That's a really healthy, cool, good thing.
0: And one of the things that we were talking about before you arrived is like it's not. It hasn't been that safe for women to come out and report these things. So, mm-hmm. like in the Asia Argento, I think that's how you say your last name. That's probably, how you say her name. probably yeah. butchering that too. <laughs> 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 she. Like, she became friends with him after that. After he basically, like, forced oral sex on her. Mm -hmm. She, like, had a five-year relationship with some consensual sex. And, like, he paid for some stuff. And it seemed like they had, like, a genuine friendship Mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. And it is this, like, weird... Like, it makes sense why she wouldn't feel comfortable coming out and reporting that. And Mm -hmm. then, like, obviously she would want to maintain some sort of normalcy in the relationship because he's like behind all of our movies. It's just like, yeah. I think a lot of people, men, don't realize how unsafe it has been for, you know, women or victims or whatever to come out and talk about this stuff. And that's why it seems like, well, obviously the only right way to handle it would be to go straight to the police. And it's not that simple.
2: Right, right. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Did you always want to get married? No, I did not. Yeah. I, I, uh, I didn't, I was always like a hopeless romantic. Yes. And so I think it just had to be with the right person. Um, uh, I mean, because I don't know. Th- that still all- sounds hopelessly romantic. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: but, uh, yeah, it, it's just, uh, so did you guys talk about it before?
2: Um, a little bit. Yeah, we were like, I would, I would, I would sort of, I I don't know if it's called joking, maybe instigating (laughs) (laughs) with with like a cute voice, of course. And like, you know, like, yeah, it was, it was with like a private in, you know, behind the, in the house, like a high pitched, higher pitched voice, you know, that you talk to in your partner. With sometimes, right, a baby voice. I, you do that. Uh, do you uh, do
1: that? We, I have voices. We have a couple of voices. Yeah, that we you do, do voices. Yeah, so yeah. You do bits with your lovers. Right. Yeah. Bits and so it's that you just like big.
2: it was just like a little bit of like you know something about like will you be my husband? I don't know. I say things like that <laughs> or like are you gonna you know I don't know I, husband wifey something like that. Um, I don't even from the that, from the jump. That's not a conversation though. That
0: huh? <laughs> did you guys like start? cuz like i've only i've been with my boyfriend for a little over a year but mm-hmm. i would say like the better part of our relationship we've mm-hmm. kind of had jokes quote unquote about mm-hmm. maybe getting married
2: right yeah did you
0: guys start right away
2: uh uh no not right away maybe like 2 years into uh, it okay or no almost 2 years into it and then for some reason it, like these jokes can be like be careful if you make these jokes because <laughs> sometimes it'll happen. Like one person takes it more seriously than the other. Buys you know? a ring. Yeah, maybe buys a ring and you're like, oh, like, no, I I was joking. But like, what does joking mean? You know, if every day I was coming home and being like, hey, when am I going to when are you going to be my husband? Hey, little husband. Just kidding. We're just boyfriend and girlfriend. So, you know what I mean? Like how long I did that every day? almost. And then, and then suddenly he was on his knee. I better have said yes, because then he would be confused. Like, well, why the fuck? Why the fuck did you uh, bring it up every day if you didn't really mean it? Right. Yeah, Yeah. So, but like, and then during the joking, we were like, well, you know, we should wait two years. Some arbitrary number. But you
0: didn't wait two years, did you?
2: And so we did, yeah. And I didn't even notice it was two years, and then he got on his knee. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: I mean, I really just don't know how I feel about marriage. I mean, I, I, you know, I had one, and once you have one, and then you get a divorce, you look back and say, well, that was kind of stupid. But also, there's like a part of me, obviously, I'm an artist. So this part of me is like, ah, eh, who gives a shit? Let's just mm-hmm. do it if it falls apart, it falls apart. Yeah. The eternal sunshine kind of a thing. Right. Um, but yeah, the longer I'm with Julia, the more I'm like, well, I don't see how I'm going to get out of this. Uh. <laughs> <Steve>. <laughs> <laughs> because
0: uh, does it change anything? Does it change any Yeah, you guys like 6 months now?
1: Or not even 6 months, probably four, right?
2: Yeah, 4 months. Yeah. 4 months, yeah. For, for some reason time went faster before marriage. And then, yeah, I was, uh, I mean, and it's not a bad thing, but it does feel like it's been four years, <laughs> like being married. <laughs> I don't, because I think I was telling you, Steve, that like we we've been, you know, spending more time at like Home Depot and going to like Ballard's hardware. And for some reason, you know, things that needed to be fixed in the house, we didn't do before marriage. So now we're just like at home fixing the sink, you know, toilet. Um, I didn't know so many things were broken, you know, but like more domestic Duties, well, responsibilities. Because you're officially a team now, right? Yeah, and, I think and, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, when
1: people try to act like a, a, a wedding or a marriage isn't that big of a deal, or they say it's just a piece of paper, I do think it's a really big deal. I think it's a big deal to get in front of your friends and family and say we're pledging to do this thing, and, uh-huh. and really, because even um, you know, I think about my ex-wife every day. Mm-hmm. I think about her every really? day. really mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. That uh, I think yesterday. Yeah, yeah like no- what
0: kind of stuff?
1: Just, it'll just
0: pop in your head.
1: I just think about her. Like, I hope she's doing okay. Oh. And you know, I picture her and yeah, it's, you know, I'm not pining or anything like that. Um, I know we, when we got a divorce, it was the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. but she's in my heart in a way that, you know, and I've been with other women for years before, but she's in my heart in a way now where it's like ingrained in me where, and it, it must have to do with marriage. Hmm. Yeah. How And how long
2: ago were you married? I think we
1: we split up maybe four years ago now.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: I, and I can't imagine, you know, I, it's not like I'm saying I hope that it goes away either. I don't know. People try to act like uh, that, that kind of stuff. A divorce, I think, is a really fucked up thing. And it really fucks with you in ways you're not really sure that it's going to happen. Because I did promise in front of my family to mm-hmm. do a thing. Yeah. And then I, I didn't do the thing. And I think it did, like, fuck up. And we can logically talk about why it wasn't a good idea. And I do really think it was a good idea that we got a divorce. But also, I just hope she's okay.
2: Yeah. You know? That's the other thing, too. Because you did that in front of people, my only thing about getting a divorce and getting married again would be like, oh, God, they're not going to believe me this time, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, bring out the same group of friends and family members to be like, hey, this is number two, uh, but believe me this time. You know what I mean? Right? That that would be the hard no, part absolutely. for me. Absolutely.
1: That's what I, w- I wouldn't want to, but it, like with Julia, it's her first marriage, yeah. and she would want to... and. Every woman that I've been with after keeps getting a, a far better version of me anyway, too. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. also, you know, a big reason why my wife and I got divorced because I started doing comedy after we got married,
2: mm-hmm. and she
1: didn't sign up for that shit. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a bullshit lifestyle. But, <laughs> sure, uh, sure, sure. But Julia has certainly signed up for that shit and seems to enjoy it. So, right, yeah. Um, you, I, as a performer, I, I think you're one of these, and I, I think that's why I really like the rise of uh, women comedians. Because in the past year or two, there's more and more. But when you think of stand-up comedians, before you think about grinding, you think about going to all these open mics. But there's also the, a, a kind of performer, and I think you fall into this category, where um, you guys are just so whimsical on stage and everything,
2: mm. and you just get <laughs> up
1: and have fun, and they just they have fun in, in a way, and it's like you don't want to you don't want to see uh, Atsuko grinding because whatever happens on stage is so nice and fun and free. So just watching um, this a rise of a woman performer where they, they don't have to give in to the idea that they have to fucking stand up as some excruciating thing. It's really fun to watch you on stage. You oh, have fun on stage, right? I
2: do, yeah, yeah. Thank and are you. you careful to guard that part of you so that it, it doesn't ever become a grind? Um, I'm trying to still figure out what you mean by grinding, like mm-hmm. a kind of like a hard edge, uh, <laughs> like, like I, I think stone. it's like, like No, what? no,
1: no. As a man, it's it's supposed to be miserable. So oh, when you're oh, doing stand up, oh. you're supposed to do ten to fifteen open mics a week when you oh, start sure. off, I see what like, you mean. like that kind of a thing. Where you're uh-huh. like, "I gotta go do this thing, even if I don't want to." You got to break yourself down. Um, but there's uh, just a whole group of female performers, specifically. I could think of maybe one or two guys that are are that that do it, but mostly it's it's uh, women that just go and they're just a fucking pleasure to watch on stage. It's a different kind of a thing, I think. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes,
2: yeah, yeah. Do you? Yes, I do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you because well I, f- I feel like if it's not fun like wait, when you start I was I was going to like the comedy store and stuff a lot when I first started. But But when you start forgetting why you love it, that's really a bummer. And I was starting to forget why I loved comedy and performing because I was, like, so tired and, like, trying to break myself down. I'm like, I've been broken down. Like, that was my childhood. That's why I'm doing this. (laughs) Why, why, you know what I mean? Like, why am I forcing trauma? (laughs) You know, the drive, the paying for this, and the going to the mic, uh, the... No laughs. the <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. like like we we fucking went through tragedy already, and that's why we need it to be a good time, not you know? I just think there and, w-
0: and you're kind of making opportunities for yourself, right? with like uh, disoriented comedy. and like, like you don't have to grind. I feel like when you s- start doing stuff like that, you don't have to grind out the open mics like you maybe did when you first started,
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's something about and and these communities do well because people are people crave this sort of like there's you know, you should the lack of community that you feel when you're like grinding, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, like Steve is a great example of someone who started a community um, in, in West Covina, you know, that that makes people feel good and it should be like happy and remind it reminds everyone why people love comedy, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Is it, I wonder,
1: um, as an artist, are you afraid when you got married to maybe lose yourself in the marriage? Is that something you're afraid of at all?
2: No, mm, no. I'm afraid my husband will lose himself because I'm so, is that true? No. mm. He's so supportive of me, you know, and it's so beautiful, but, um, and so I have to sometimes like step back and be like, okay, yeah, no, I, I've been like out all night. Um, uh, I'm going to ask you how you are. And like, you shouldn't have to sometimes think that, but you know, like sometimes you get, you get too in your head with like career and, uh-huh. and so, um, yeah, so I, I don't fear losing myself, uh. But, but
1: it is the other way though, because I, I I can sympathize with exactly what you said, Yeah. even with Julia, where she is so supportive that I'm like, yeah. you're an artist too, yeah. and I want your artist to flour your art to flourish as well. Yeah. What can I do to make sure that that happens and you don't? I right, mean, you know, you have that kind of personality where you're like a skyrocket, so everyone wants to be like, "Oh, wow, this is so great," uh, and he probably doesn't want to support that, which is very sweet, but for sure, you yeah, you don't want him to lose himself. That that's the guy you fell in love with, right?
2: Right, 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 totally. I want him to. Yeah, sometimes he's like, he's like, "Okay, what should we do about your career? Like, what should we do? Uh-huh. Okay, so maybe like, oh, remember that producer that wrote you? Like, haven't you written him back? You know?" But I'm like, you know, because he's an actor as well and also a filmmaker. Um, And he even took on a restaurant job at night so that, because that's when I'm working, that's when I'm doing comedy shows, you know. And I was like, you, like, that's when, I think that's when I started getting concerned was that, like, he took on a night job so that we don't have to miss spending time away from each other. He's like, well, I'm working and then you're working. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't want to work in a restaurant, you know? Yeah. I've almost cried like ten times during this, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah, just like I don't know why. What is Two it? Two people have actually cried on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. It's okay. Oh no, no 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 no! I actually don't cry easily. That's that's why I have to say it out loud. Oh okay. <laughs> because you wouldn't have known otherwise. <laughs> we're not trying.
0: We're not trying to pry. You cannot talk. No, about No no no! This is perfect. Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. Great. I think those are really important questions, though, and I don't think it takes anything away from your current relationship or whatever to have to, I'm constantly checking in with myself about mm-hmm. like taking the temperature on my relationship and trying to like, I don't know, adjust. I feel like it's easier to make small adjustments, um, then like let something get way off track mm-hmm. and then try to make like a big correction and, uh, but it does feel weird to constant to like think of your relationship in like I don't know really rational terms or like do you know what I'm trying to say? I know what you're. It's trying an emotional to... like it's an emotion. Your relationship is like this emotional thing,
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: to break it down and approach it in this kind of like t- tactical procedural way is yeah. like kind
1: of weird. Yeah, I I think for me it's the opposite. I I do I. I naturally think of it as like a an organ, like a company. Uh. You know, I've talked about it before, that were two people were for we formed a corporation. So I naturally think about it like that, and what we need to do to make sure that we get growth in these different areas. Uh-huh. I always think about that naturally. For me, it's different; it's the opposite. Is uh, you know, I just said this on some other podcasts too, but I feel like I'm. For me, I'm trying to be very open to organically really falling in love in in an emotional way. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like for me, especially, you know, Julia moved in in September. um, And so it's only been a month or so. But I'm really starting to, as much as I can consciously let myself fall in love with her in an emotional way, uh, I do think that's happening, which um, I'm very, I'm trying to let that happen. And to need her and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And her living with me has really helped out. She started making soup. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah which I've, I all throughout our day... Were you
2: lacking in soup uh, consumption? I've never had soup. Oh, okay. I've never had soup. <laughs> soup
1: never came up with us. She had never made soup before. Oh, That's uh-huh. a real thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and I did most of the cooking before. So whenever she would come out, I would be around. Right. I'd always be cooking things. So I didn't know right. she had this domestic side to her. Uh-huh. As soon as she moved in, she started making this nice soup. It's a nice vegetable soup. Oh. Low sodium, <laughs> you know, because of my blood pressure. Yeah. But uh, it's just always there. And then... Uh, so I think for a lot of people, they might say like, "Oh, the woman's cooking" or something like that. But my mom didn't cook. My mom's a terrible.
0: Cook. Oh my god! I can't mm-hmm. cook. Yeah. I can't cook a thing.
1: Yeah, a lot of mm. most a <laughs> lot of women, I should say, and any woman that I've dated, most of them can't cook anymore. It's just a thing. Yeah. But, but that's good because it gives us guys, because we're done. Men are done. They don't want to. Fight, they don't want to think about it.
2: But as soon as
1: we, I had a joke about this, but people always take it. They take away the wrong thing. But okay, everything I've okay. said this, but I said as soon as we, as soon as we decided to admit that hitting women was wrong, we lost. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So it was always wrong. But whenever mm-hmm. when we admitted that okay right. it's wrong and we can't do it anymore, yeah, that's when it's like oh women have been. You guys are more intelligent than us, you're shrewder and all these things because you've had to protect yourself throughout time, mm-hmm. so you're smarter. You pick up on who's dangerous when they walk in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just the Oh,
0: women's a, intuitive like senses are I think like it's been charted and studied. And like the connections that we make in our brain about those little emotional readings and stuff are so much more accurate.
1: You've had to be. Because when, because you're walking in the forest and you know, since caveman times you're like, someone might hit you. Yeah, that's gonna, that guy's gonna hit me or rate (laughs) me or do all these things. You've had to become wildly intelligent. So we're good for lifting things, but then there's robots and stuff now. So we're not, so (laughs) our whole life has to be about towards like, how can I make this thing this woman this thing happy and so i think most men now have there's a lot of men who have cooked and decide to cook but i i, I know how to cook i took care of my wife that way because she had a real job mm-hmm. and i felt bad doing comedy at night mm-hmm. so she would come home for lunch and i would have a salmon or a nice thing wow for her. yeah all that to say okay. mm-hmm. i've never let in terms of food i've never had a woman who said oh let me feed you then and so even these things like soup yeah i'm like they're seeping into my heart where there's a small child inside me who's like Yeah. Oh, this is very nice.
2: That sounds like the start of a novel. Like your, (laughs) it's your autobiography, you know? Yeah. It starts Uh, with the soup. (laughs) This vegetable, this low sodium vegetable soup.
1: Uh, Well, actually, the the title of the book, It Starts With The Soup, is pretty great. I love it. (laughs) I
2: love it. And then you work your way back to the beginning when you were a baby. So, what is
0: your, so is that your, like, those acts of service or whatever? Is that your love language?
2: Uh, No,
1: I, I use. I think my love language is touch. We've talked about that before. Do you Mm. know what your love language is?
2: Oh, I don't know. Uh,
1: uh, No. What's
0: important? Do you like actual gifts or like I like um,
1: the five love? The five love languages are words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. uh, That's mine. Acts acts of service. Mm -hmm. um, Quality time. Gifts, and I'm missing one. Touch. And touch.
2: Oh, okay. I think it's quality time for me. And then Ryan's definitely acts of kindness.
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of things do you do that's nice for him that that he likes?
2: Oh me? Oh yeah. not me. I'm, acts of kindness was not me. Oh you're saying? No, you, you saying, have but to give him those. <laughs> <laughs> are you, oh, are, do you ever do I, anything nice for him? Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um, without him asking for it, of yeah. course. Um.
0: (laughs) you can ask too it's okay sometimes you have to ask for your love language to be fulfilled
2: but it can't be like oh he asked me for the wine opener and I got it oh yeah because I do do that when I don't (laughs) want to get up but that's not yeah um I (laughs) I think I'm very emotionally uh there for him um and I know that's not a tangible thing no totally Um, but I'm emotionally there for him. And, uh, I got his back in a way where if something, if, if I know he's down, uh, I'll try to think ahead in like, okay, we'll have, I'll have like a lunch planned or something. Um, or I'll, you know, I, I, like, for example, he was down this weekend because of something that happened at work. And, uh, uh, sorry i'm kind of (laughs) and so he was he was down about something that happened at work and so he hadn't really been he'd been kind of sitting on his couch actually um and so he was he's been down he actually lost his job and so uh
0: that's worth being down about yeah you you can have a couple days
2: (laughs) yeah it kind of came out of nowhere and he's still going through it but uh you know while i was doing comedy shows last night uh, I I asked him to make me pasta. Now that sounds like me making him do something, <laughs> but uh, he he was like, yes, yes, yeah, I, uh, I'll I'll make you pasta like while you're gone. And when I came home, I had a meal. But he and then he was like, thanks for getting me off the couch because yeah. I was in my head. Like I need jobs to do, and I know that's how he works. I don't know. I, yeah, I th- no,
0: that is sweet, and it's just like knowing your partner. I think it's just like.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like he's like a... Yeah, I mean, I liked him before, but it sounds like he's a very sweet man. But also, he really likes serving you in that way. In any way that's tangible, too. Mm -hmm. And you're giving a man a job to do. That's that's a little scary. I don't
2: know why that was so hard to spit out. I had like a... Well, I think it was,
1: I mean, it's pretty insightful. It's very sweet and it's an intimate thing that you just said. That's all that stuff is very intimate.
2: I wish it was as easy. It was easier. Like, oh, I planned dinners for him or something, but it's not. Well,
0: it's, it's both. It's you, you giving him what he needs in his love language. Well, you like, didn't you say getting those things is your love language? Were you guys just trading love?
2: Maybe. Well, because I know his love language is like acts of kindness. Like, I'll cook for you if if you need to. Uh, When I know he's down, like, and he likes keeping busy, you know? So for me, I was, I'm able to read that. And I'm like, okay, well, since you're down and you've been on the couch, um, because he's been talking about like trying to get motivation to do stuff, but he can't. And so all I did was text him like, hey, I'm coming home. It's like 11 p.m. I'm starving. Do you think you can make me pasta? Smiley face. And then he did it but and then, but he said during that like 30 minutes of him cooking bolognese the meat and the marinara he was able to get out of his head about his job. I love that. Yeah, something like that. But I know that's what it does. And that's boring.
1: No. I mean, I don't
2: I, you know you say it's boring but it's
1: the, those are the things that make relationships. It's not these huge sweeping things, it's these small times when he's going to be down for a couple of weeks and you're aware that he needs you in a way. He needs to be needed. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, and mm-hmm. you know that, right? 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 And That's, it, and, yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, not having a job is. One of the worst feelings in the world. Like for me, I, I've I've always been employed. There was a um, there was a month where I got fired from TGF Fridays, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I worked at Claim Jumper a month later. But there was one month when I didn't have a job, mm-hmm. and it bummed me out. Mm-hmm. I've been at the Chatterbox for ten years now. Yeah. Uh, so I like to work, and yeah. even when I quit being a pastor, I got a job at a gas station and a liquor store. Yeah. I like to have money, and I like to feel like a provider. Yeah. So, I mean, by you doing that, you allowed him to feel like he was providing for you, and he was.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like self-worth, like, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we've been talking about love, love. Let's talk about... Lust, lust? Limerence. <laughs> is that how you say it? Limerence, yeah, yeah. What, what is the
1: definition of limerence?
2: So limerence is like, uh, it's 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 actually like obsess- obsessive... Uh, it's like an obsession uh and people mistake it for love but it's lust usually uh <sighs>
1: Where did you read about this or hear about this first?
2: I heard it through my ex. Okay. My ex was obsessed with the idea of limerence, which, <laughs> which should have been, a, you know, like a total sign. I mean, he loved uh, Charles Bukowski. And, Ooh, like, that should have been the sign. Yeah, had, like the whole, like, oh, drinking whiskey. Like, it, he was he was also a hopeless romantic, but in a way where he just kept it an idea. He could never, like, implement it practically. And so I think that's why he liked the idea of limerence. Uh, but during that time, I feel like it's... Because Because the seven years I was with my ex, I think I was more, I was just, I was in limerence and not love, actually.
0: That's a very youthful kind of love to, or kind of, whatever, it's not exactly love, but shade of it. I don't know, 12
1: Mm. years? Oh, you were with him for seven years. That's a long time to be in lust with someone, don't you think?
2: Yeah. So it's not just, so it starts off as lust and it's kind of actually an illness Dr. Dorothy Tenov, a psychologist, uh, came up, um, coined the term in the '70s because she was trying to study people and why, like, certain relationships were ending at a certain point. Uh, And she was discovering some the people whose relationships were ending were actually in limerence and not in love. Uh, And so, a lot of times, it starts off as lost, and it just becomes like just. Oftentimes, it's just one person in the relationship. trying to keep the other person interested so it becomes this sort of obsession yeah so that's what it became for me so like at first I was like oh this older man like he's he's my teacher and he's got authority he's a filmmaker and he has films available uh-huh. on Netflix or whatever <laughs> totally and then, so it was like you know it was kind of lust lusty I was like oh yeah like and he's attractive you know and then it turned into like Please want me. Please want me. And even if he tried to push me away or like would cheat on me, I would try even harder. You know, and my emotions uh, depended on whether he 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 treated me well or not. Yes. Yeah,
0: I know this so well. The the I, you can't even really call it a relationship, but the situation that I had before I met my boyfriend um, was like a guy that I met on Tinder and. Um, we had a great, we were definitely had lusty vibes for each other and that was mutual at the mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. But I like had painted this picture of who, just exactly like what you're saying, of mm-hmm. who I thought he was and how that complemented mm-hmm. my life or whatever, or mm-hmm. who I thought I should be with. And I was like, oh yeah, a little bit older, um, has this like cool hip Furniture store, motorcycle, yeah, loft. Him from
1: Sex in the City,
0: <laughs> basically. <laughs> but I like, but sometimes he was like shitty to me, and like if I, you know what I mean, if mm-hmm. I really got outside the fantasy of it, I would be like, this guy's is totally not for you. Like, mm-hmm. move mm-hmm. on. But I would stayed stuck in this like limerence or this like fantasy scenario, and then. It was like this obsessive feeling and I was totally dependent on whether he wanted yeah. to be with me too.
2: Yeah. It's that weird. That would make your day or break your day. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I just started I, thinking. To me, it sounds, that just sounds like a regular <laughs> bad relationship. Right? Yeah. No, totally. I mean, Some would call it an abusive relationship sometimes. Well,
1: cause he, cause do you think that then, um, he didn't want to be with you, but
2: he didn't know how to cut it off. No, he did want to be with me. That was the confusing part. So maybe it was like a maybe it was more of like a emotionally abusive relationship. It probably turned into that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, or some weird kind of like codependent thing. I mean, if he's cheating on you, he doesn't want to be with you, probably.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that wasn't yeah, but then he would be like, please don't leave me. So I'm, uh, You yeah. mentioned
1: a film when if we're talking about. Uh, Say it again for me. I keep limer... What? Limerence. Limerence, yeah. Limerence uh, which I'd never heard of this before.
2: Yeah. Um, you mentioned a film
1: yeah. in regards to this. What was that film called?
2: It was called Thirst Street by Nathan Silver. Yeah. And it's out in theaters right now. Uh, and um, yeah, it's about a woman who goes through a breakup. She's a flight attendant. She goes through a breakup and then she meets a guy like while she's at on a layover in Paris and uh, they, they end up hooking up, uh, and then she kind of becomes obsessed with him. So she starts taking more layovers, m- more shifts to go to France, and then uh, going to his work, and then eventually moves into an apartment right across from his house. Yeah. Oh,
0: God. Mm-hmm. Is he, like, actively
2: engaging with her, or eventually no? Eventually, he's, yeah, eventually no. But he, he does engage with her enough for her to keep going yeah 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 what are we supposed to think of this main character I don't know like my husband was like it's an interesting character study but I was like I don't know if it's a character study because it's just like a I was intrigued because it was a thriller. You know, the uh-huh. whole time you're like, "What's she gonna do next?" Oh my God, no, she did. She got an apartment. apartment his <laughs> She could see his win- She could through, see his through his window. It was kind of like a I don't know, like an It kind of movie. Uh-huh. You know, or or else if um, or else just like character wise, you know, she's kind of very one dimensional and flat. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like anti. Feminist? I'm not sure. I, I can't figure it out because I, I actually cu- quite enjoyed the movie, even though it it never resolves. She's just crazy the whole time. It gets bad, like really bad. Oh God. Yeah. Did you see I Love Dick? Oh, oh I started yeah. watching it. Yeah, I think that's a. I mean that that's
1: definitely not. And then I listened to the book on Audible.com uh-huh. uh, afterwards, and that's a study in female obsession
2: mm-hmm. and
1: almost that. That's an interesting uh, book and story because it allows her to kind of take, like, she has ownership over her obsession. Yes. And to say that you know what, this doesn't even really have to do with the guy. Uh huh. This has to do with this makes me feel a way, and I want to revel in that obsession. Yeah. And it's okay. Yes. Um, but that's
0: totally Limerence. Like she has this like kind of fantasy version of him, and yeah, about and and it's a it's totally about her, but.
1: But she, I think, if you admit that it's about just the obsession in and of self, then it's not limerence, right? I think it's okay to revel in obsession if it's not hurting anyone,
2: right?
0: I don't know if this is necessarily always a bad thing. It's like what. So there's an episode. If anybody wants to explore this further, there's an episode of Adam ruins everything that's about love, and he, uh he talks about this limerence state. And it is totally, like, a sickness. It is, like, the... Yes, that can be at the beginning of, like, an actual loving relationship. That kind of, like, obsession and whatever. Like, I think we've all probably experienced that. But, um, yeah, this is, like, another parallel thing that, that's stuck in between.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just help me to differentiate this from regular, normal stuff. I don't... From a normal... Women, women, and men always get obsessed with each other at the beginning, right?
2: I guess so. I don't. But the, for the, to be honest, I didn't feel that with Ryan, and I think that's when I knew it was a healthy relationship <laughs> because I wasn't constantly obsessing about whether he was thinking of me or if I was texting too much. I wasn't, because mm-hmm. he would. He was right, just like so honest about how he felt. So I never had to, you know, question, like, how that date went. He would just go, this was a great date, and I believe him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. So, like, I don't, yeah, maybe, like, you're obsessed, meaning, like, you're really excited in the beginning of the relationship. And it's mutual. And it's mutual, yeah. Yeah, and it's mutual. The mutual part. I think if, like, I was doing some insane things with my ex, you know, like, there's this drawers full of like drawings and like crazy like thoughts the plots to uh-huh. like go to turin in italy where he was meeting with another girl and i found out because i went to his facebook like like i i was i was trying to figure out if i had enough finances to fly there and surprise <laughs> him things like this yeah that's I don't think that's... I, I mean, I think, yes, that starts with an obsession, but that's... I I think I was mentally a little maybe ill.
0: Uh-huh. I've totally right? been there. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, because you don't... There's got to be
2: a... There's a line... I love Dick. I love I love Dick because, yeah. like, it's totally, like you said, like, she owns it, and it's in the perspective from the female, you know?
0: She owns it, but and, you guys, she's not, like, totally in control well, of what is happening... Shit sure. is, shit is ex- like her life is exploding in that show. Like it's not okay. Mm. And she's not really like the mastermind and like uh, under control while it's happening. She's, she, I think like she's acknowledging that it's a necessary s- stage for her to go to or like the way that she's going to end the relationship with her, you know, current partner. But it's not, like, this, like, normal, healthy thing. It's, like, fucked up, and she lets it explode. But she's not in control of it.
1: You're right. And I okay. guess that is the difference, too. Because, oh. uh, no, with what you're saying when this you're talking was, about your ex, and then even when you talked about the the guy you were with uh, that you tell that story about getting the ticket about, it, is that I do wonder, because I've never done this, uh, <laughs> d- there's not no point where you're like, oh, this person doesn't want me. Uh, so i should should just leave
2: (laughs) it took a long point yeah yeah no that's that's that means you're in a great great state of (laughs) your brain is healthy you you are you should be thankful you know my mind was not like that
1: did he eventually break up with you
2: i broke up with him
1: you so i mean how how many years did it take for you to do what a year two years to do that
2: uh like five years yeah yeah
1: yeah oh you mean, I mean you that need kind two, of
2: behavior started early. You
1: two years in that like this is bad but you just didn't know how to get out of it
2: i also didn't have anything to compare it to because yeah, that was like my longest 20s. relationship yeah so i was like oh maybe relationships are this hard oh my god can you imagine that's what i thought i was like relationships are going to be this hard <laughs> and that's the sure. fucked up
1: thing about an older guy dating a 19 year old because yeah. they don't have any they don't have any way to compare it. but that's why a lot of older guys just keep dating young girls Cause right. you could take advantage of him. Yeah, in that you
2: could way. be like, no, listen, like people cheat. <laughs> 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 I know you got HPV. I got, I got cancer, cancerous cells because he cheated and gave me oh. HPV, and it turned into. I was like, and I was like, yeah, no, but this is how relationships should be. It's fucked up what you did, but now I can put it, hold it over him. I mean, just like it was this crazy thing. <laughs> oh my thing, god, and now he'll stay with me even longer, and you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess that was an emotionally fucked up, abusive relationship, probably.
2: Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know any of my closest friends who are in the state of limerence right now. I don't even know if it's, like, maybe this study done in the 70s is, like, I don't know, a thing that now that a lot more vocab words are floating around to be able mm-hmm. to define things, I don't know if it's, like, re- uh, what is it, uh, relevant limerence, but it's something I thought of because I watched a very extreme film about a very extremely obsessed woman. Yeah.
0: I literally, so I've said this on this show, but just you haven't, I'm sure you haven't heard it. Uh, I, that guy, I got a ticket, mm-hmm. like a cell phone ticket. Oh. Uh-huh. Because I was yelling at him, begging him to be in a relationship oh with Oh my me. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and that's totally when I was like, I finally got off the phone. I made the cop give me the. I was like, "No, you're gonna stay on the phone while I do." Or you know, oh my goodness, we we can't hang up. And then,
1: well, I can't believe you didn't hang up.
2: I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, totally. And that's the thing. Like, normally you're not like this with friendships, right? Totally family members. And so that's what, like, because I'm normally not like that either. I wouldn't like because a friend didn't pick up or a family member. You know what I mean? It's it was like I was in a different state for seven years. It's not my normal personality. Some people's normal personality sure. is constantly obsessive. That would be different. That's different. But it's like for like five years, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I guess sick.
0: Yeah, no. And my friend, I'd be anxious about whatever if he had texted me something weird or not texted me at all or whatever. And my friends would be like, "What?
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> who are who are you right now? Yeah." So, yeah, if you're at home obsessively stalking your exes <laughs> or, or
2: current partners' of Facebook stuff away, you, step might, have way. A problem. you yeah. might have a problem. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's How do you get uh, out of it?
1: How'd you get out of it? You just got fed up? Well, yeah, well. Because if there are, uh, there's got to be listeners that are in this situation. Yeah. Um, I mean,. I, we're obviously not trained to help them, but it, it'd be interesting to know your story, how you got out of it. We'll
2: give it a shot. <laughs> I actually started hanging out with another guy towards the end of our relationship, and then I was I, I started noticing, realizing that this state wasn't just my natural state. Like, oh, I can get out of it, and I'm actually starting to crush on this guy, and like, there's a mm, there's like a mutual respect here that. I think I needed to compare it to something else for me to realize uh, that I was actually depressed for a long time Uh and in in an unhealthy state and that I wasn't actually being myself. And so um, it's when I think it's when you get to be yourself, maybe that you realize, oh, maybe that's but you you might realize that is your normal state, too. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and you got a long life ahead then yeah. I don't really know yeah if
2: you're constantly trying to control people t- yeah to to be with you to affirm you I don't know like I think Donald Trump's normal state is like this yeah too yeah
1: no that makes sense you just forgot you forgot who you were right and so you were you were hanging out with someone who reminded you that you're not that way right right that Right. you're a normal cool <laughs> yeah person when that the guy you were with before you've weren't made to feel that way at all
2: right 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 yeah
1: well you're not with that guy anymore man yeah you're with the yeah. sweetheart ryan uh you had a beautiful wedding it was so great um y- your grandma was front and center oh <laughs> yeah yeah she was you, she, yeah. if you uh follow her on instagram um she's always dancing with her mom and her grandma uh it <laughs> That's was, so was, cute. was it just all you guys you got brought up by your grandma with your mom
2: Yes, yeah. Grandma raised me, and then mom was always there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mom just, was three, there.
1: just three babes? Just three women?
2: Yeah, three generations of women. Yeah, so I didn't know how to do men. <laughs> no way. Yeah, my gra- Yeah, my grandma's husband died, and then my, my parents got a divorce. And then how, so
1: how old were you when they got a divorce?
2: I was, like, one, yeah. Oh, okay. But they met on a Japanese dating game show, so it wasn't like... Are you was, serious? Yeah, and, yeah, I joked that that's why my grandma raised me. Because, like, it wasn't going to work out
1: <laughs> you know what i mean sure. it was like, oh you
2: didn't take it you didn't take it seriously like finding a partner like the, the 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 premise of the game was that you go on three dates too and then you decide if you want to marry them it was like three dates.
0: oh my god that's like some of the reality shows now where it's like married at first sight
2: so you, oh, you do really want to show yeah, like that? They have that? a
0: show like that. Some of those people are for real getting married.
2: I feel like at least with like The Bachelor, like you, you are forced to go through like, you know, jealousy, like a lot of mm-hmm. emotions early. <laughs> so by the time you decide to maybe be with that person...
1: Um, we don't want to give too much no I don't know I haven't seen The Bachelor actually
2: I don't know why I'm comparing it to yeah you
1: know yeah you get those helicopter rides and stuff (laughs) like that it's pretty down to earth show I I can see where it would really work out although I think the past couple have worked out I think uh, have they? uh, yeah Uh, yeah, I mean I feel like
0: that's a
2: super traumatic way to start a relationship it is
1: traumatic but trauma bonds people so
2: yeah that's true yeah yeah where like you probably can't see a rose ever again you know you're like (laughs)
0: Is that for me or not? Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, oh I'm God. glad that
0: they met on that game show. Yeah, you're here.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, where can where can we find you on the internet?
2: You can find me on uh, my handle is Atsuko Comedy, Atsuko spelled A T S U K O on Twitter or Instagram, and then um, Facebook, YouTube.
1: Yeah, go see your do comedy. I, it really is a joy. Uh, you know, I love watching. Come out to Covina. Because, uh, yeah, the, everyone goes wild for you. And it's just, it's, it's always such a fun thing when you're like, I wonder how they're going to respond to this person. And, <laughs> and then they just go crazy for her. So. I She's love great. Yeah, whenever you get an opportunity to see her, go rush out
2: uh, and see her. You'll have a great time.
0: And Disoriented has been going gangbusters, right? Have you guys had some, like, sold-out shows?
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. We have a show on November 9th uh, called Brutally Honest. Uh, It's uh, all proceeds go to define American. Um, They work with undocumented immigrants, and I used to be one. And so we have a bunch of awesome, like, uh, Johan Miranda, uh, Christelle Alonso, uh, people who talk about immigration, and uh, comedians who talk about immigration. It's going to be an awesome show. It's at the Lyric Hyperion. Nice. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Bye, guys.